0: Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode number 120 of The Rewatch Project with Mm -hmm. Hannah and Mike. Uh, Nice semi-round number there. And yes, we'll be covering the 15th episode of season 5 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., namely the episode Rise and Shine. But before we do that, let me ask, how are you, Hannah?
1: I'm well. How are you, Michael?
0: I'm good. I am really fucking tired. Um, I'm hoping that the... um, the sugar-free cola <laughs> that I'm drinking will somehow raise In my energy Europe. levels. But as as Hannah said, once you get into into the uh, the thick of it, I'll be operating on just adrenaline,
1: exactly. <laughs> and I'll be ordering.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit like when you think there's a burger in the house in the night and you send me down and then fall back to sleep whilst I lie in bed with adrenaline coursing through my veins <laughs> preventing me from sleeping. Hannah, please tell us about the episode recovery tonight.
1: Sure. Uh Synopsis says Coulson uncovers General Hale's real agenda and it could be the end of the world if SHIELD can't help her.
0: And um who were the creatives? behind It
1: was directed by Jesse Botchko. Oh,
0: yes. Son of uh I feel like a Klingon whenever Son I say of Stephen.
1: that. Written by Aydin she Oh,
0: yes. I remember saying I look forward to you butchering that. Uh, but you didn't, actually. I think you actually did. No, uh, no. I did
1: pretty well. Pretty good fun. job
0: there. Although we were saying uh, Marissa Tantran's name incorrectly for, for 90, 90 episodes. Of, and I'm yeah. still not completely convinced we're getting it right now, to be honest with you. I mean,
1: you can hear how um, trepidatious we are every time we say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, the, um it's uh i mean and particularly when we speak to people who are involved in the show as well it's like let, let them say it first and we'll yeah. just copy however they're saying it yeah um but uh but yeah, if ever we have her on the show um i, I think we'll make a will make sure that i i watch some some youtube videos to uh Going
1: to the ensure... talking to marissa t
0: yeah well uh <laughs> well i'll write it down phonetically um but yes, though, so we will be covering uh, that tonight. Uh, I don't really remember this run of episodes. I always feel like a lot of... Um, I've got no basis for this, but I suspect that we might be in for somewhat of a lull of a few episodes. Usually, when you get to that, with the 22-episode seasons, even the best shows, particularly those that are story-art-driven, story, story art driven, like, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by the time we got to the fifth season, usually, between about the 15th and 18th episode there's usually a bit of a lull where the the creative team are just fucked. They're just really tired from all of those long days. Mm. And they've got to save a bit of good stuff for the end. So often shows can flail a little bit around this point. I'll be curious to see if that's the case here. Having said that, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done that, it's still really good and really entertaining, so I'm not that concerned. But I suspect that maybe the foot will come slightly off the gas at this point um because that's just often the case with these sort of shows but hey i guess we'll find out, won't we
1: absolutely
0: a couple of quick bits of housekeeping uh, just a reminder that we do appreciate feedback which you can send us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com or you can interact with us on youtube you can leave comments there and we will include those in the shows if they feel befitting to do so with and also, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj. That's rewatch P R O J. And also, uh, please check out our friend shows, namely Chinstroker versus Punter, his film, her movie, uh, Film Bastards, Entertainment Landfill, the INC sequel, Talk Without Rhythm podcast, uh, and what am I forgetting? The Good, the Bad, and the, the good, Odd. The and the odd. Uh, so, check out all of those. And we also do appreciate positive reviews, uh, or at the very least, reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, Hannah, any feedback or comments or messages for us this week? Indeed. Okay, let's do it.
1: Okay. So on the last episode, uh, episode 119, Shield Vids says... Uh, This episode has always been so divisive among S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, but I have always loved the path the writers took with Fitz and his mental problems. Ah yes, this episode. Uh, The writers always build on the experiences the characters go through and have never forgotten the toll those experiences have on the characters. That's a great point. Since season two, we have always known Fitz has battled with mental disorders and throughout the show his mind has been placed under tremendous stress. But up until now, we always thought he had a handle on it. But um, whatever progress he made was affected by his experience in the framework and having two personalities fighting for control of a bad situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's going to take a toll in anyone, isn't it?
1: Oh, you know? of course it is. Uh, and the thing is, I mean,
0: a certain amount of it you have to say, well, it's a TV show, you know, people bounce back from things in TV shows that they wouldn't just bounce back from because that's how TV works, you know. Um and you know, on Shield, we do talk about how it is nice that you know when someone's shot, they're still hobbling around over the next couple of episodes. But it's still it's still TV show logic. Um, but at the same time, you know, I I, I don't see why um, you know this being divisive. I don't see why anybody would be critical of it because I think that they've earned the right to have this character have a mental breakdown, and that's certainly not. I mean, a lot of it depends on your views of, of mental health, but I think any reasonable person. Um, doesn't see um, mental health issues as being a failing. No. You know, Um, it's just something that can happen. And I think it's good when characters who are kind of role models um, experience that and normalise that a little bit. Yeah, 100%.
1: Um, On the same episode, (coughs) excuse me, DK240996 says... Oh, yes. Yes of the
0: Miami 40666
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I love the callback from this episode to the end of, sorry which
0: episode they're talking about
1: uh, the same episode so the, the previous the Devil Complex. okay yeah okay. um I love the callback from this episode to the end tag of um uh, season 4 episode 17. the doctor there threatens to torture Daisy to make her talk and this exchange follows Daisy no Fitz you don't want to do this doctor yeah I do I guess you don't know me at all whereas here in season 5 episode 14 before Fitz goes through with his plan Daisy again tells him he doesn't want to do what he's about to do and he agrees but knows he has to do it anyway it's things like this that simultaneously show how the doctor influenced Fitz but also how different the two of them actually are yeah
0: that's a great point
1: yeah um and that is a great point in showing um, real fits versus framework fits. Uh, you know, his humanity is, is there. Yeah,
0: intact. yeah. And, and also, you know, crediting the audience enough yeah. to catch that. Uh, I mean, it, it, uh, I didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they gave me too much credit. But, I mean, maybe people who, you know, rewatch these things multiple times. You know, yeah. it's there, it's waiting for you, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Um, on the same episode, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. Greetings, says. friends of AOS. Mm. I hope this message finds everyone doing well. I just wanted to say thanks again to Mike and Hannah for creating this wonderful space to dork out on the things we love. It has become a comforting place to visit amongst the chaos of the cosmos. Awesome.
0: Well, is there, is that is
1: the highest, most sincerest, sincerest form of flattery. Mm um we are here as a oasis in the chaos yeah
0: well i mean we started doing the podcast during the height of covid uncertainty didn't we
1: yeah um as as a kind of oasis for ourselves for
0: ourselves yeah 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 yeah.
1: so um welcome yeah no absolutely join join the the island of calm (laughs) uh same episode again jack dubs Those sneaky writers crafting a Nightmare Dimension story in order to throw us poor viewers off the scent. The best part of the twist that Fitz is merely hallucinating is that it is something we should have seen coming. But we all assume that the writers had forgotten Fitz's brain injury from the end of season one slash start of season two, but they hadn't. My favourite moment in the episode is the bit where Fitz is transfixed by the scalpel he's holding in his hand. There's something almost Shakespearean about it. And what about the final scene with Simmons and Deke? At first, she's almost put out by the fact that this near stranger is invading her personal space, but he's just a grandson who sees that his grandmother is upset and he wants to comfort her. What a glorious 40 odd minutes of television.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And the, um, what was, sorry what was the first point about Fitz again I, I had a point about that but I've, I've lost it
1: about the fact that um... oh no that
0: was it yeah yeah the whole sneaky rights thing it is true because they're setting you up just to obviously to just assume that the, the evil Fitz is a manifestation of this yeah. other area um, and that essentially that entire subplot really was just contrived for that reason uh, and yeah that final scene we've scene with Deke is really great as well because that's something that and I think that in some ways it's the show, showing its its kind of Whedon uh, stable roots in the way that one of the things that Joss Whedon always used to be able to do was go shift from the ridiculous to the sublime back to the ridiculous again. Yeah, you know, have a scene. You know, he did this a lot with scenes uh, with Xander, where you know you'd have a character being buffoony, but then kind of. Um, you know having real um insight and emotion mm. and then going back to sort of ridiculous again yeah, and buffoonery. Mm. And, buffoonery. and you uh, yeah you see that here
1: um we also have an email oh cool hello rewatch project john from chicago here again so i have caught up after starting re-watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after listening to your interview with Gabe, I am now listening to your episodes as they come out.
0: Oh, bloody hell. Which
1: definitely feels weird knowing that I am in the present with you, if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get that.
1: Uh, just wanted to let you know that I am all in and that I have listened to you guys a lot whilst working and have now transitioned into that weird Feeling like I know you in real life phase. <laughs> um, keep up the good work and I can't wait to hear what you have next. PS, Mike, loving the music stuff you were doing on the YouTube channel. Ooh. And also you guys are great interviewers. Your Gabe and Stan and Mark Singer interviews were insightful and it felt like you had all known each other for years. Loved Stan's Arnie story and all the stuff about the, actors who, the actor who played Cassius.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Speak
1: soon, John.
0: Oh, thanks, John. That's really nice. Thank you, John. God, he's been barrelling through uh, Agents of Shield, then, hasn't he?
1: We feel like we know you too, John. (laughs) Keep the emails coming, please.
0: Yeah. No. Gosh. No. Thank you for that. That's that's great stuff.
1: I think um, I am definitely not a skilled interviewer. Um, Mike is excellent with thinking of what to ask people and all that kind of thing. Um, And I think we've also been incredibly lucky to have interviewed. well, the interviews I've been a part of, two very uh, generous, friendly, amazing guys.
0: Yeah, I think the thing is, I think as if once you show somebody that you respect them and that you've done a a modicum of research and that your questions aren't stupid, um, generally. They're fine. I've never had a bad experience with somebody. And, and it, you know, you can do all the right things and have a bad experience. If somebody's having a bad day, yeah. they're having a bad day, you know, and you've got to try and salvage it. Uh, and that hasn't happened yet, you know. Um, and you probably that, will at some point,
1: you know. But I, I think because, uh, you know, there's no monetization around this podcast. They're not doing it for a fee. No. You know, they're doing it for the love of it. So you tend to... I think in that respect, you tend to attract people who are keen to talk about it. They wouldn't be doing it. Like I
0: mean, if, if they were. No, they wouldn't be doing if, it if they didn't. If want it was to. a press junket and you were their fifth interview of the day, yeah, that's one thing. But if they're doing it just because they're like, like like what Gabriel Luna said, where he's just like, you know, I haven't, I haven't really talked about the show and it'd be nice. And so we, in the case of Stan. He's
1: feeling nostalgic.
0: Yeah, I mean, Stan yeah. was basically saying that, you know, when you're a TV director, um, you don't really tend to get a lot of feedback. you know generally mm. people are more interested in like the actors and mm. the creators of the show. Um, so I think for him it was just nice to actually be able to talk to people about his work mm. you know um, and, and, but I think also other people do it just to give something back to the fan community. yeah you know I think that there is genuinely the I mean I'd say nearly every kind of time I've ever interviewed somebody. They've got nothing to sell. They're not no. on there. There's no. I oh, would well, don't forget to buy my book.
1: No, no. Um, you absolutely. know th-
0: they are literally getting nothing out of it.
1: Mm.
0: You know, um, apart from, you know, keep keeping their name out there a little bit. But mm. in more often than not, these are people whose names are out there plenty. You know.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, not not looking for um, any kind of boost and anything really. Just happy to talk. Talk about the work and uh, reminisce,
0: and I think also like, it's catching people on a good day as yeah. well. I mean, it's one of those things where you're trying to get people to be on on a podcast is you've got to take a bit of a spray and pray approach, you know, <laughs> where you just for every ten that people, that sounds revolting. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a recruitment term. <laughs> um, it's what, it, what, it, what, what what spray and pray actually means in in that sense is when you it's like when you apply for like twenty jobs, yeah. Um, in the hope that, well, maybe I'll get one or two. Yeah. And that's the approach that you got to take with this. And occasionally you'll get somebody on a good day where they'll, they'll come back. But that's
1: not to say that we've approached 20 people. No.
0: And the other we, thing as we well is... We do
1: have a 100% hit rate so far. It, it,
0: it's how you pitch the interview as well. Like, sometimes it can be that you want to talk to somebody about some element of their career that they don't actually talk about that much. Mm. You know, like... Um, you might want to, you know, you, for example, I, um, I really wanted to speak to Claudia Christian from Babylon 5. Mm. And I know she doesn't do interviews. Mm. Um, but I also knew that she was um, a big alcohol recovery advocate. Mm. Um, and I was interested in that. I'd read a book that she'd written about it, about the Sinclair method, which is this kind of this this, this um, alcoholism treatment that she was kind of... Didn't come up with, but helped promote.
1: I love um, that it's called the Sinclair It's just
0: coincidence, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was the angle I took. I, I said I'm a big fan of Babylon Five. I said I'd like to, I'd love to have you on to talk about the show, but I'm also interested in the alcohol advocacy work that you did, mm. and that's what got her mm. And you know, I, I, I didn't do that cynically, but I knew reading the when I read the book, I just thought she's clearly passionate about this, and it is interesting. You know, this idea that there's an over a, 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 a treatment for alcoholic alcoholism recovery. That encourages it encourages you to continue drinking alcohol, mm. you know, uh, and it's actually a very increasingly this um, you know respective thing. So I, I, I was genuinely interested to talk to her about that, but obviously you know, and um, and Mira Furlan as well. Like I I, I just watched a um, I can't remember the name of the film now. It's an Emil Kustarista film. Um, it's a um, a Czechoslovakian film, and she was in that. And when I approached her, I said I'm a big fan of Babylon Five, but I'd also like to talk about some of the films that you did in Europe before you did Babylon Five. And I'm pretty sure that's what got her the interview. You know, uh, she
1: she um, mistakenly sent you a lovely email. Afterwards, that was actually meant for her agent.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: just saying, like how much she'd enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it, well, it could have gone the if it'd gone the other way, that would oh, be yeah. like, been <laughs> a this, this right douchebag kicking <laughs> kick nuts, But
1: yeah. um, you know, it was <laughs> that was quite nice, though, wasn't it?
0: Well, but, you know that it's not it's not bullshit when it's done there. But but yeah, yeah. So uh, so thank you for that. Um cool, Okay, well, should we do this?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay, so we're gonna hit pause. We're gonna watch the episode Rise and Shine. Um, and then we're going to return and discuss it. So uh, we'll be back with you shortly. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening and welcome to Film Bastards, a podcast where three friends, two of them married and two of them podcasting life partners, chat everything from new releases, trailers, news and an eclectic mix of other film goodies oh, and many, many, many tangents. You can find them by searching your podcast provider or check them out on Twitter and Instagram by searching Film Bastards. You never know, you might like it. And if you don't, well, we don't
1: really
0: give a f- And we're back. So we've just finished watching the 15th episode of Season 5 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., namely the episode Rise and Shine. So as we do each and every edition of the rewatch projects with hannah and mike what are your thoughts hannah
1: my first thought is that it's a tragic shame that this episode was not called calamari Madhahari, <laughs> because that's the best phrase i've ever heard
0: yes maybe you should uh, start some kind of petition mm. to retroactively get the uh, maybe next week's episode will be called that <laughs>
1: Um, I loved it. I thought it was so good, and and a really great um, trip through the ages of of how Hale came to came to be where she is. Hale Hydra. Indeed, Hale Hydra. Uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know about you, but I am falling asleep the second we finish recording this podcast. <laughs> I'm literally I'm going to pop in my I've been uh, I'm going to leave all of this into the podcast actually because he has I like giving his little insights into our life it's Thursday night here in New Zealand Um, I've been in work this week after a week of leave I've woken up at 4 o'clock every um, morning and the dilemma that we've got I'm really going to pull the curtain back here I think it's because I'm tired I just don't care is um, our son can wake up really early and, yeah. he'll, and he wakes up hungry so he'll wake up at like oh my 5 my o'clock, God, o'clock before does he what? and be like can I have some breakfast can I have some breakfast now the problem is for about I've got into this r- weird routine um, and I always joke on the podcast about how the only time that Hannah and I talk is when we're recording this podcast and I haven't told Hannah any of this but uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've got into this weird routine recently of waking up at about 5 past 4 and desperately needing to go for a wee um, but I'm scared to go because it's close enough to fill its wake-up time that if he wakes, he could start being a ball ache. Um So what, I, what I've been doing is I'm lying there thinking, I'm oh, fine, I don't need to go. And then after about 15 minutes of lying there, I'm like, no, I do need to go. But by that time, I'm fully awake. So I go, expunge, and then return to bed and just lie there awake, waiting for my alarm to go off. And then get up and go. But the result of that is that now I am incredibly tired.
1: And, so, and, uh, and the moral of the story is you should just get up and go. And the only reason that Philip is a Borlack for you when he wakes up that early is because he has you wrapped around his finger and you don't say, go back to bed yeah. like I do.
0: But but also and the, the, the geeky element that I was alluding to is as soon as we finish this, uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna go to bed, and I'm going to put on the audio book of the Lord of the Rings, read by Andy Serkis, which has been my audio book listening for about the last two weeks. And I've actually been chipping away at it because um, it's huge tangent this, but, but the, I've been using the app. Um, I've got remember remember it's called now. What's the app are you, that we use to listen to Dropbox?
1: Oh, uh, Cloud Beats.
0: Cloud Beats, and it's got this thing where it'll remember your place on any file that you that you're listening to. So the the Lord of the Rings, I've I've got the Lord of the Rings and I've got the Hobbit, both uh, and the Silmarillion, all read by Andy Circus. But they're one file each, so it's like twenty four hours long. Mm. And there's this little sort of bookmark thing. So literally, as soon as I find myself just starting to nod off, I just tap the bookmark thing and then fall asleep and then wake up usually with golems shouting or something like. <laughs> uh, but then the next night I come and I hit the bookmark and I can pick up where I've left off and I've just got to. They've, I'm. Seven hours in, and they've just left the Shire. Oh, <laughs> hell. But it's cool, because I've been making loads of connections to um, Rings of Power. Like, it, I, I I, didn't realise, because Hannah and I, big tangent, but I'm going to continue going on it, because it is all geeky stuff. Hannah and I re-watched um, The Fellowship of the Ring yeah, for which, the first time. Right. And it had never occurred to me that, um, spoilers for Rings of Power, but that the character in Rings of Power, I can't remember the character's name, but Isildur's father, who's the first king, who will become the first king of Gondor Mm. after the fall of Numenor, um, which we haven't got to yet on the show, Mm. um, he gets killed at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring by Sauron, Mm. but he had his life saved in the battle by Halbrand. So Sauron gave him his life back, saved his life and then takes it, mm. it so all these little sort of geeky connections, listening to the audio and watching the film. And but you can't beat just being immersed in a world and having all of this shit kind yeah. of connecting up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, a huge tangent there. Um, you enjoyed this episode of Asians of shield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I thought it was great. And you know, your comment about you wondering if these would be quieter episodes. I thought it was, Absolutely fantastic, mm. and and full of story and movement, um, and just fantastic performances. I thought old Nick Blood was amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, that's because like to, Hannah has this thing that Adrian Pastar and Nick Blood look like each other. I they thought do. I would just mention this just in case anybody's forgotten and they thought that Hannah yeah. had lost her mind.
1: Yeah, they, no, they do. They're the same person, or at least father and son mm. at the very least
0: yeah like uh james brolin and christian bale yeah that's a uh, um, um, any other um no i really like this one as well and i, I like episodes that kind of fill in the mythology mm. of the show that almost kind of like take a beat and then go back and sort of like fill in blanks i mean a lot of my favorite franchise i mean if you look at star wars for example um, you know, things like Andor, it's all about, okay, there's this one little sliver of the mythology that hasn't been covered. Let's go back and do that. The Obi Wan Kenobi series, you know, it's like, right, what happened to these characters during this bit? And yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And the thing that I like about this episode is it's almost an off brand episode, but not quite. Like, you know how we've had episodes like the um, um, Simmons on the planet on her own episode, yeah. and, you know, they'll do the, the episodes that are kind of outside of um the format of the show Mm. this feels like it's going to be one of those but becomes a regular episode in like the last sort of 10 minutes you know when mac and simmons and fitz come back Mm. and i think that that might partly just be a practical thing the fact that they've just got a lot of stuff to get through Mm. so on the one hand I, i was a little disappointed when i saw that they kind of somewhat dropped the it's a little bit like how do you remember the found footage craze yeah. Um, obviously, you know, does Blair Witch Project, but then there was that second wave of it with like Cloverfield and like, um, oh, what were the horror films? Paranormal Activity and all those kind of things. But there were a few of them where they'd drop the found footage thing oh, nice. and it just became a regular film. And I always remember being slightly disappointed with that. And, a lot, and it's, it's, a, it's a real film thing, like the other one, the classic one, is the films that are kind of like a Last Man on Earth sort of thing, like. Yeah. Um, Um, I am legend and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It always feels like they go off a cliff a little bit when other people turn up Mm -hmm. and they abandon the purity of the storytelling. But in a weird way, I kind of like that about this episode because the show's confident enough that it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. You know, the fact that they can have an episode that is largely... I mean, really, most of this episode doesn't have any of the regulars in it. Mm -hmm. It's primarily um, the... It's younger versions Hale. Mm. Of, of Hale. Then it's primarily um, Dove Cameron, Hale, and Tolbert, mm. um, and then you get a little bit of Coulson, and then you get kind of two or three scenes of bits of business that they probably don't have time to cover in the next episode, so they've squeezed into the end here. Mm. Um, and why not?
1: Yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant, and and you know, tying it back to. Um, the struggles that the team are having, based on the last episode, um, you know, tying that back at the end, I thought was a masterclass mm. because, you know, you've basically found out where, not exactly where, but the the building that Coulson is in, um, what's going on, what the kind of mission is from Hale's point of view. You get more information about. Um, you know how the destroyer of worlds mm. scenario happens and then you go back to seeing how the team is still struggling to connect together
0: yeah, and the and the whole idea of the facility is it's kind of like it's generational it's almost like the ssr building mm.
1: yeah
0: um that like yeah, the, the agent Hydra's carter vision. sort of yeah. had but then the, 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 they continued but mm. but they the, i mean and it's good to sort of you know go back and have that context and some of the ideas i like as well are, are, are very much entrenched in literature and earlier marvel stuff like the um the idea of, it, of there being like a hydra school almost like a dark hogwarts i love it, the
1: fact that the young sidwell looks Exactly, like like you can immediately
0: world. tell who he's yeah, meant to be, yeah, you know, 100%. and um, and it's not just the glasses, you know. No, no. It's the you could the actual actor really captures the kind of mannerisms and just looks fair. looks like him, yeah. but I like the idea of the school because that's that's similar to all of the kind of uh, the Black Widow stuff, you know, a bit like you know, Tasha Red, yeah, yeah, mm. like Red Sparrow, you know, like this mm. idea that there's these, and it reminds me a little bit of a lot of. Um, um, japanese period uh, martial arts films mm-hmm. like the idea of having to kill the dogs that's yep. straight out of these sort of schools where they train people to be ninja warriors and then on the last day they have to do something unspeakable to prove their metal you know that's, that's a very that's, traditional that's storytelling that's a little
1: bit thing. of a callback to um, season one's
0: it's like ward as well isn't it uh,
1: yeah well ward he has a dog doesn't he yeah and you think that he's killed the dog and then realise that he's let it go. Yeah. And that's kind of a um, metaphor for the fact that he does f- still form attachments and yeah. that is ultimately his downfall. Yeah, he
0: can't quite he step can't out quite of that world.
1: let go. Yeah, he's there's still too much emotion within him. Yeah. Like the really high-ranking Hydra officers a devoid of emotion in that sense Yeah, like they don't have a connection to anyone or anything
0: the other thing I thought was strong about this episode is I think that there's some really good performances from the non-regular cast I thought that Adrian Pastar is really good because we're used to seeing him as being this kind of scenery chewing kind of camp character, mm. but the scenes where he's having all the problems with his family are played really well and are really relatable. Adrian yeah. Pastor is a really good character actor as well. He's brilliant. Uh, and also, I thought that the girl who played the young Hale was really good. Mm. Uh, and I thought that even, I mean, the guy who played Whitehall, I'm not a big fan of his character because his his character is a bit of an exposition machine. Yeah. But I thought he was really good in this episode. I, yeah, thought, I he, thought he, he, he was, too. had a kind of icy depth mm. that felt kind of a lot realer and less um, kind of comic book Nazi yeah. than, um, than he'd been. So I just thought that that whole sequence, that whole first third of the episode um, worked really well. And then I liked the idea of the fact that, you know, we see all this stuff, this kind of indoctrination um, that Tolbert has, and then they do the same thing with Colson who doesn't play along mm. and you just get the feeling that this is just, there's an endless cycle of people coming in and mm. going through this process, you yeah. know, uh, and I think that's kind of a, a, a neat idea. Um, but he, but then at the end, you know, even though, you know, I've kind of implied that it feels a little shoehorned in and may, maybe, you know, if you want to be like super critical about it, you know, it is a bit odd to have some regular bits of business at the end of the episode. All of those bits are still are really good in their own right mm. you know um
1: and they're still all super relevant considering where they're at like you still need to know that they uh still come into terms with what's happening what, and, and trying to work out the best way forward
0: yeah I, I mean and also and i guess this is sort of just another way of saying what you've just said but also the fact that they're figuring out this information that we have seen presented to us for this episode at the same mm-hmm. time. like They re- they, they realise that Hale is Hydra mm. uh, at the end of it. And it's funny, I actually had a note, because I made that collection myself, because like, somebody mentioned Hale, and I was like, Hale, oh, Hale, Hydra? And I wrote that note down and thought, oh, I'm going to sound really fucking clever when I say <laughs> this during it. And then when she said it in the episode, I was like, oh, you robbed me of my one intelligent thought. <laughs> Calamari,
1: better. <that's
0: a> <laughs> yes, that's Yes. Uh, well, shall we break it now?
1: Break it
0: down. I'll break it down. I'll take a trip to we the recastowa. We got. Uh, <laughs> let's
1: have some energy. Whoop, whoop.
0: Um, and I used to. I remember. I, I used to actually spell it like that as well. Like. Uh, Stower. Uh, no, I No, I'd spell it W R E C K A like reca, and S T O W A like I text out and be like, oh, let's go to the <laughs> <laughs> Um But. Um, so we open up with Coulson, who's been taken prisoner uh, by Hale, and he makes some quip about how you know he's, he's had a lot of bags on his head in his time, and that was a particularly comfy, luxurious one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hale's there, and she's like, "Welcome to your new accommodation." Um, and I love it when people have that kind of, you know, welcome to the party. You know, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a way of speaking. He's like, "That's not a, but that's not a party." Um, <laughs> she, um, this isn't, this isn't a party at all.
1: <laughs> and a- yeah, he'd be like, where are the Rice Krispy yeah. treats Is there going to be
0: cake? It's like the Eddie the Art thing, isn't it? The kind of the cake or death. It's like your choice, cake or death. He's like, "Um, I'll take the cake, please. He's like, okay, you can go. And the next person comes along and he's like, cake or death? I'll take the cake. Very well, you, you can go. And the next person comes along and he's like, Cake or death, and he's like, "Don't say cake." I wasn't. We weren't expecting such a rush on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she tells him that they're that they are Hydra, and she makes a you know a pretty compelling case. I mean, and I think she she makes an even more compelling case later on when she talks about how uh, like Talbot gets all kind of American about it, and she's just like, "Well, you know, you're basically representing somebody who's just got a big eagle on his badge and who." Um, you know stole somebody's country you're no better or worse mm. or and I think where that argument falls down it's like when people say criticize people for making fun of Scientologists mm. um because and saying well you're Catholic you know that's no crazier I think that both of those arguments fall down because of the recency of the thing like the recency of hydra the recency of of Scientology because it's like Okay, if you've got this thing that's been around for thousands of years, it's just sort of part of the fabric of life. But it doesn't mean we've got to have new crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: you
0: know, it's like we've got enough having the old crazy. Yeah, shit. it's like we've we've got we've got the crazy shit. It's like when people start talking about
1: we're all covered for crazy.
0: It's like when people start talking about like alien abduction and believing that they've been. It's like look, I understand the urge to believe that there's the universe is bigger. We've got religion for that. So go and go and play in that sandbox. You know, you don't need to come up with your own. But basically, she talks about how they need to unite, and then we go to twenty eight years ago, and we're in the eighties, and we see a Hydra school girl. They've even got the red Hydra school badges. Um, we see the young Sidwell, and I've got a note here about how just kind of uncanny it is. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, I feel like they could even have just not said his name.
1: No, absolutely. Because
0: you know? I was watching it and I was thinking, ah oh, it's a network TV show. I was like, because I was trying to remember the character's name because I wanted mm. to make a note of it. I, I knew who it was. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, she'll say it because it's a network show and they, yeah. they have to kind of maybe not not assume that the audience figure it out. Mm. And then when they did, I thought, oh, yeah, you probably, you probably didn't need to do that. Daniel Weissel um, talks to the class. And basically, it's it's kind of, it's it's careers day. <laughs> at the. At the uh, hey,
1: guys. Yeah.
0: Um, and
1: You could be in Hydra.
0: Exactly. So it's like that sort of post-grad options um, to help Hydra. He talks about a particle infusion chamber, basically to make a Superman. So this could be like their equivalent of Steve Rogers. Mm. Um, we see the young Von Captain Strucker. Hydra rather Captain, Captain Hydra. Captain Hydra, yeah. Um, um, the young girl who um, turns out to be Hale suggests that they look into outer space and he's kind of impressed by her forward thinking. Um we see her getting sort of bullied um, in the gym um and and it's so funny as well like she does the most obvious pre-punch laugh you know when somebody's been picked on they're so sort of like <laughs> and you're like oh you can, you can hit them now aren't you that's just the, uh, and and usually the guy who gets punched is arrogantly looking away you oh, know yeah, and, he, yeah. and he's cackling friends when, when that happens yeah. it's just a like a a, a TV movie thing um so, but she batters von Strucker. Uh, they get their placements. Um, we, see, we see that she's killed, killed the dog as part of her, um, you know, proving that she's cut all connections. But we, what we learn is that they want her to be in, uh, inseminated and birth their new leader, who presumably they think is going to be male. Yeah. It suggests, it's implied later on mm. uh, that that's, that's why... It, I mean, that and... Um, Whitehall dying um, have combined to mean that Ruby gets sidelined from there being the um, the Hydra Messiah that Hale was obviously hoping she would be yeah. and had essentially committed her life to, to yeah. creating um,
1: yeah they're not they're not misplaced that yeah. Ruby is Ruby
0: that she's just turned into a um, bloody Rudy. a, a pop punk listening disappointment uh, yeah. instead I like the way that um, Whitehall says that she always has a choice about whether she complies or not. Mm. But the subtext of that is that the uh, the other it's, option is unpleasant. Well, is cake or death. It's cake or death, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> um, and then we go to two years ago. And this is something that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does a lot, isn't it? Where it'll go back and then it'll work... It'll go back to like a much earlier destination point and then kind of chronologically work its mm. way back again. And that's a it's comic like, book thing. It's
1: like the episode that went then, now...
0: Yeah, um, where you see like May and Coulson on their first one of their earlier jobs together and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We so two years ago we see Ruby at school uh, with with her dog, listening to some kind of riot girly music, Uh, and we we intuit that uh, Ruby is the child that they spoke about, Um, and they sort of uh, start talking about her placement.
1: It would have been brilliant if she was listening to We're Not Gonna Take It.
0: Um, and um, and this is where I've got a note about how this is kind of like a nice mythology filler I've said many times on the podcast that you know I'm, I'm a big I'm a sucker for a um, a rich universe mm. and um, stuff like this is always and it's something that you can do when you've got 22 episodes you can just sort of hit the brakes and go back yeah. and you know do that Yeah. Um, and I think that now that they've returned to a longer story arc after the kind of extended movies of season four they've got the time to do that so it's good that they're using that
1: and the the writers are of such a great quality that um you know it keeps the viewers on board because it's it's still interesting when they do this when when Hit those brakes and and do that kind of thing. It, it it's not boring. It's not
0: you're not chomping at the bit to be like, oh come on, come I want to get back I to can't the main. If
1: it's uh, one of these episodes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's like you know a really good, good TV series when you've got like multiple threads going on, mm. and you're not like for example, in was it season two when they're at Rancho Relaxo. Every time they went back to Rancho Relaxo, I was a little bit like, oh, yeah, we're back there again, aren't we? Um, but there's none of that no. in, in, in this one. Um, so we see, they talk about... We see um, that S.H.I.E.L.D. has captured Malik. That's where we are in the timeline at this point. Um, and that they've made contact with aliens called the Confederacy. Talbot comes in... Um, And the officer who's with Hale uh, kills himself. So we realise, it's a bit of a fake out, but we realise that that Talbot doesn't have any idea about Hale. Uh, So she kind of, she gets away with that. He wasn't after her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've got my notes about Hale Hydra. And I'm like, oh, oh, I must remember to point this out. (laughs) Um, We see um, Hale kill Ruby's teacher. Uh, And basically, there's an element of, she's going off reservation a yeah. little bit here her attitude is there's a selfish element she's not just towing the hydra line she's kind of like well fuck this i did my bit um i want my daughter to be the super messiah um and i'm gonna basically kill anyone any i'm gonna i'm gonna kill the patriarchy so yeah. we can achieve there's this
1: very much a, a big mistrust of maintenance yeah. Um, yeah you know she's kind of she's put up with them when she's had to, yeah, uh, but as soon as she can get rid of them, she's yeah, well And on board. you can't
0: really blame her because, no, absolutely. She yeah. And she talks about how you know she was born into this in the same way that Tolbert was born into America and with its values, and mm. you know, all of that. Well, then we go to six months ago, and we see Tolbert come around with his family and he's relearning his motor functions, and Hal wants to transfer her uh, him. You never uh, and ever
1: lie to that dude about whether it was a tiger or a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that's uh, yeah. So, so obviously, you know, he's 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 um, health is problematic. He wakes up again in an empty Spartan room and goes for breakfast, and we see Ruby there. Uh, Hale Hale speaks to him and says that he needs a new purpose, and she shows him that the the contraption that she's got that's used to move ships through the galaxy, and she explains that her predecessors struck a deal with the aliens around. Um, an upcoming war, mm. uh, and this is where she talks about you know what flag do you fly, and she didn't choose, choose Hydra; she was born into it, and that the American flag or the flag that um, Talbot follows is is one that's based on oppression, and and basically what what she keeps talking about is get, getting rid of old symbols. Yeah, you know whether that be the patriarchal element of Hydra or the idea of like you know um, king and country or mm. you know. Um, All of that business. Um, So he says that Coulson's going to come for him. And then 24 hours later, we see uh, Coulson um, wake on... um, Sorry, 24 hours ago, we see Coulson wake on the bed near the breakfast room. He has a cereal but doesn't play along. He's like, oh, okay, I can see what's going on here. You're just trying to discombobulate me. um, I'm just
1: going to take this back to my room.
0: I like his line about how Ruby is a major strike against homeschooling. That's a nice uh, (laughs) bit of dialogue. Yeah. And she wants to show him what he's, she's, she's working on. So he can see that she's repeating pretty much verbatim the same process that she used yep. on Talbot. And I like the, I like the way he's like, oh, I've actually already been to space. Pretty recently, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they transport away, and he introduces one of Earth's mightiest heroes. I like the fact it's Peter Mensa the actor, who's a great presence. He was the, um, the leader of... The gladiators on Spartacus. Yeah, um, and I he's a real. He's got a real presence He's almost like he's, he's like the he's like he's almost like an African American Patrick Stewart. Mm. He's got a real similar kind of energy to that. Um, so he talks about how their world will soon become a battleground, and he gives them a vision of a giant spaceship. But it says that they need the help. They need the Inhumans basically to mm. help them. And Hale says that she's looking for a Whitehall program to create a powerful human. This is the one that we learnt about in the opening scene, and wants to basically make her daughter super, but asks if Daisy might be a better fit because her daughter's um, just immature, too basically volatile. too volatile, yeah. yeah, too much like her, <laughs> yes, <basically. laughs> you know. And says that, um, and what she—it's funny when she describes why she thinks Daisy would be a good match for it aside from her powers it is reminiscent of Steve Rogers because she said well you know she sacrificed her boyfriend she did mm. and it's a little bit like Steve Rogers jumping on the grenade in Captain America the first Avenger you know mm. the code name of the project is Destroyer of Worlds although to be honest I think Colson should have got wise that this was a bad idea earlier because like she says that and he's like that triggers him mm. but even before then it's kind of like well hang on you're talking about Daisy he's meant to destroy the world you're talking about giving her world destroying powers you know <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea, yeah. I'll take the cake. And um, so he tells her <laughs> that the the future, as he understands it. Ruby goes to see him and asks what she did wrong, and he says that it wasn't her, and she guesses that it's Daisy. They bring a beardy and raving Talbot in, and then we cut to now, and this is where we get the final scenes with the, the, the regular gang. Mm. So we get Daisy and May, uh, this is where we get the Hail Hydra and, recognition.
1: Um I love that I mean, I know this is slightly further on, but when Daisy's like super pissed with Fitz, and understandably, um, but he makes a good point that there's been plenty of times that she's done shit. Yeah. Um, you know. And
0: there's a bit of TV show logic there as well in the way that, like, in in, in TV shows, particularly these long seasons, so much mad shit happens that you can't. It's obviously completely unbelievable as being a year in the life of somebody. Mm. You just have to accept that it's a TV show.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so when you watch the X Files and all this mad shit happens to them every week, it's like, what? So was that other bit of mad shit? Was that like last week? Mm. Do they have something like this happen every week? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you don't think about that when you're watching a TV show because it's that's the medium. Mm. You know, um, no more than when you listen to the radio. You don't a radio player, You don't think about hang on, why are they over-explaining everything? It's like, well, because yeah. you can't see. It's yeah. just part of the of, of, of the way it is. Mm. Um, but the show has that in its arsenal to say, well, we won't draw attention to the fact that Daisy's gone fucking, you know, AWOL a mm. hundred times. But this is a point when it would be kind of egregious not to, mm. to have a character point that out. And I yeah. think that's something that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does really well, is it knows when to cash in its chips
1: and they never forget a detail. No, you know.
0: No, and um, so uh, duh, 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 basically, what they say is, look, we've got a super villain. So they go to Fitz, and he explains that he has no regrets and uh, he did what had to be done. Um, switch this on and off. Um, we see Mac and Simmons uh, in Doom the surgery on Yoya. Uh, Mac defends Fitz, basically explaining because he what he says to. Um, Simmons is like, look, you weren't there as long as the rest of us were. Mm. Um, And
1: she wasn't plugged in in the same way.
0: Yes, exactly. Like, she was cognizant Mm. when she was there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Max basically worried that um, she thinks that she can't be killed, and that sets off a little light bulb over uh, Simmons' head about this idea. Because they've got this theory of time travel that, you know, you can't change it, Mm. you know. Yeah. So uh, Fitz asks for access to labs and computers and Daisy's not trusting him and quakes him. Uh, And she says, look, we don't turn on each other. And he reminds her there's been a whole bunch of times, like you say, um, that she's done that. Uh, Daisy wants to go and see Robin. And that's good. Because I'd forgotten it hadn't occurred to me. i have go, yeah, of course she's still alive. Yeah. you know, She's still there as a resource. And the post-credit scene, uh, or the post-bumper scene, is Fitz and Simmons goes to him uh, and tells him she knows that they get through it. And she shows him the two tools and mentions that she got it from the from the grandfather. I'm I like,
1: like how absolutely horrifying. Yeah, it is. he's
0: like, but Deke's the worst. It's a dick. Uh, And I like the fact that Gemma's just like, no, he's perfect. He's, he's yeah. as soon as she, she realizes that he's grandson, yeah. her entire perspective changes to just that unconditional yeah. sort of, you know. And he um, says she says it means that we're invincible. So you know, it's nice to have a happy ending. Um, any final thoughts, Hannah, before we wrap things up?
1: Solid agents of Shield shielding from the episode really it enjoyed was. it
0: solid shielding a um, foot
1: just uh crazy excited to get on and watch the next one but that will not be happening right this second because you and i have got a date with some sleep
0: yes we have um okay well um, do you want to look at the details for the next episode whilst i do the uh wrap-up A quick reminder that we appreciate feedback. Uh, I had a decent amount this week, which, well, this episode, which is good, so keep it coming. We've used it all up now, guys, so um, it would be good to get your thoughts on this episode or the show in general or any past episodes. You can do that at rewatchprojectpodcast.gmr.com or do feel free to comment on the YouTube channel where you can also like and subscribe. Uh, And check out our friend shows, reviews on spotify and on apple podcasts and also we are on instagram and twitter where in both cases we are at rewatch proj that's rewatch p-r-o-j so what are we talking about
1: next? the next episode is called inside voices uh synopsis says colson is forced to team with team up with unlikely allies to save the world while his team try to track him down and rescue him
0: unlikely allies you Uh, say it's one of those
1: uh, it's directed by Sally Richardson Whitfield, and it is written by Mark Leitner.
0: Okay, gosh, a couple of somewhat unfamiliar names, yeah. aren't Yeah,
1: no, I don't remember either of those names.
0: Okay, cool. Well, uh, that's uh, be interesting to see their work and uh, okay. react to that. So that's us for now, guys, and we will be back with you sooner, probably rather than later. So
1: bye bye. Bye bye.